to a different podcast where we talk about NBC's hit sitcom, A Different World. I'm, of course, your host, Dwayne Duke. This week, my guest coming to us all the way from St. Louis, Missouri is Sam Lyon. Sam, what's up? Hey, Dwayne, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing this. Um, and, uh, how's, how's your quarantine going? Going good? Quarantine is happening. Uh, I'm making it through one day at a time. Uh, it's, been, it's just getting very comfortable with home. Uh, but we got a, we got a kitten recently. Uh, so all the monotony that we experienced for the first eight months, whatever, I'm just doing the same thing over and over. Uh, it's still that, but with the added bonus of a, a, a cat jumping on your face at three in the morning. Nice. Uh, I, 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 this is the longest I've been in one place in forever. <laughs> yeah. You're always on the move. This is, this is out of character. Yeah, this is like, like I'm I'm about to book a trip to just go, uh, sit in a beach house in some abandoned little town, and I'm very excited to drive. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But today we're uh, we're talking about a different world. Uh, tell me, um, where'd you go to school? What was your major? I went to University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, and uh, majored in psychology and criminal justice. Oh man, so you went to a southern, southern school. So I went to the southern school. <laughs> One of them. Uh, ooh. What's, what's that? Sun, a sundown school. You, no, all right. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're, uh, your mascot's still the Rebel, right? Still, well, the t- yeah, the team name is still the Rebels. The mascot is now the Land Shark. The what now? The, <laughs> the Land Shark. It's like a shark, but on land. Uh, yeah, it's also yeah. here by Jimmy Buffett. It is also Jimmy Buffett's pride and joy. Yeah, uh, they, like the Land Shark has always been like a name for the defense, and because uh, because we're we're fierce like sharks on land. I don't know. It was and uh, <laughs> so many people are doing that anyway. The the school is trying to look for a way to get out of the rebels without just completely pissing off their donor base. So slow, painful, incremental change. Fun, just like uh, the state flag. I think that just changed, didn't it? Just here, just yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy to see it happen. I'm bummed that I couldn't be there to vote for it. Uh, that would have felt really good, but yeah, very excited to see something move in there. Uh, it used to be the 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 rebel flag on the the white square, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like the the rebel flag is like in the corner of it. So I straight up so, passed a house here in Ohio that had the Mississippi state flag up, out like up on the flagpole as the only flag in the dead of winter in 2020. That's amazing. Yeah, of course there were like uh, Trump signs at the edge of their driveway, and I was like, "Oh, you're just a bad person." I think they're in the wrong Columbus. Uh, we got one of them too down there. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so what, what was your major? Uh, psych and criminal justice. Nice. Okay, uh, if you had to hang out, or like if you could have hung out anywhere on Hillman's campus, where would it be? 
Uh, it's got to be the uh, they're like they're the union rush the grill that you know. Um, one more. The pit. Yeah, the pit. Yes. Uh, it was just like because we had like you know our like student union or whatever, and it was a uh, big you know pool court or food court. Uh, you know some pool tables, TVs, but if you were there, like, it was kind of like you had to have a reservation almost. Like, it, it, there's an open table, whatever, but, like, it was still very much, you know, friends, when we were sitting with friends, sectioned off. And I always felt like the pit was more like, if you're here, it, without, it, it's not the Olive Garden, but, like, the same kind of vibe. Like, everybody, it, everybody's hanging out in the pit together. Like, it's, it's not like, we've got our table over here, you've got your table over there. It, it was, like, truly just a place for, like, everyone on campus to, to join and commune, honestly. I feel it. I'm, I'm getting that answer a little bit. Uh, so we're talking about episodes five and six today. Uh, episode five, War of the Worlds, uh, written by Ellen Falcon, uh, directed by Joe Gannon. Uh, first aired October 29, 1987. I was not a person yet. Uh, <laughs> synopsis. Same. <laughs> Maggie prepares to debate Whitley on the topic of whether women can balance a career and family life. She's distracted by a surprise visit from her boyfriend, Mike, who stuns her by revealing that he's left school to take a job with the National Pork Council. He asks Maggie to transfer school to D.C. to be near him and proposes marriage. Maggie is so overwhelmed by her relationship crisis that Denise must take her place. In the middle of the debate, she wins easily, detailing how her parents have employed a compromise to make their situation work. Maggie and Mike take her words to heart and slow down the relationship. Meanwhile, Dwayne tries to get a permanent spot on the campus radio. Uh, in episode six, Rudy and the Snow Queen, uh, directed by Ellen Falcon, written by Cheryl Gard, uh, air date November 5th, 1987. Denise's little sister, Rudy, comes to visit for the weekend. She surprises Denise by immediately hitting it off with Whitley. Uh, when, Denise and Whitley, when Denise and Rudy find it impossible to sleep in the same bed, Whitley allows Rudy to stay in a room. Whitley teaches Rudy all of our beauty secrets, and the two become good friends. Rudy hurts Denise's feelings by spending all their time with Whitley. Meanwhile, Jaleesa fears the worst after hearing that her sister went to dinner with Jaleesa's ex-husband. Jaleesa clears mm. up the situation, then asks Whitley to stop monopolizing Rudy's time. Whitley tells Rudy a bedtime story and the two sisters about two sisters and a snow queen. Rudy understands the moral of the story and agrees to pay more attention to Denise. Um, we're right into the heart of the series now. Like, like this season is really kicked off. We've decided that we are just putting all of our money in this Lisa Bonet basket. Uh, it is about her now. Uh, when did you? When did you like come to the show? Because like you like me, you were born after it started, right? Right. Yeah, I was uh, born after it ended, maybe. Uh, but I came into it, like, it, it would be on, uh, you know, just like Nick at Night or whatever when I was, you know, a small child. So, like, like Different World is kind of like Cosby Show and that, like, I had, the memories of it are kind of just a part of my life. Like, it's just something that was on. Uh, I guess when I came to, like, actually deep watch the show and really start, you know, getting into it and, you know, following storylines and really know what's going on with the characters was probably not until uh, near the end of college. It ended uh, up on Netflix for a run and I was kind of like, oh, we're doing this. I just went balls deep on it. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm currently re-watching it on Amazon Prime. I wasn't sure where I was trying to find it and uh, 
I was because I wanted to like rewatch the episodes just to get my head straight, and I, I found I figured out it was on Prime in time to get one in. But yeah, that's definitely going on the list for a while. Yeah, no, um, I did it like when I first figured out I wanted to do this podcast. I watched the entire series in a weekend, you know, skipping around. Yeah, uh, it goes places. It goes some fucking crazy places. But let's start. Uh, let's start with episode five, War of the Worlds. This episode was really Maggie-centric. It was like, oh, Maggie's going to be a character. Yeah. As long as we have Marissa Tomei on cast. Uh, and I'm trying to picture how this would have gone down had Meg Ryan accepted the role. She was the original casting for, for Maggie. Okay, okay. And I just imagine Meg Ryan squinting at Dawn Lewis because she got punched in the face. <laughs> Just right on the verge of tears, uh, like in either of her Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this is like this is the episode where it's like you're you're right. It's like Maggie's going to be a character. She's not just like the whatever, like the the, the token like white character that's at this school. Like she's gonna have you're gonna get to know like who she is as a person, and her story, her storyline's gonna be something for us. Like she, you know, that they she the, she is a part like she's a part she lives with. You know, Jaleesa and and uh, Denise. She's gonna be a part of their little community at school and just in this home they've got. So let's see what she's about. Yeah, we wake up and we we immediately have Dwayne Wayne on the radio because they were still trying to figure out what Dwayne Wayne was. Uh, I think they were always trying to figure out what Dwayne Wayne was. I think that's kind of the beauty of Dwayne Wayne as an as an institution, if not as a character. <laughs> he like. He evolved so much, but I, I love that uh, him and Whitley, they don't have a whole lot of scenes together in the beginning of the series, but they're, like, in the context of the show, you're like, oh, they've flirted the entire time. Yeah. Uh, and Dwayne, Dwayne never, like, said anything other than, oh, she's hot. But he was, he was, he was feeling it. That's, uh, that, that was a, that's a triangle that runs deep, uh, Dwayne, Whitley, Denise. I, I feel like they were they were writing him trying to fall in love with Denise because that would have been, you know, Dwayne Wayne joining, you know, the Cosby show. That right. Character. Yeah. And then, of course, like, like the, again, like you said, they put all their eggs in this Lisa Bonet basket. Like, this is kind of the expectation. It's like, it's the Cosbys, but at college. So she's going to need to find, like, a boo or at least a, a will they, won't they, like, really fast. Uh, and... and, and yeah, Dwayne just seems like the Dwayne's got young Dr. Huxtable vibes for sure. Oh, that is... <laughs> don't, don't we get to see them um build I want to get seasons ahead, but don't don't we see them like making hoagies together? Uh there are some episodes where I mean there are there's like four episodes where the Cosby cast is on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bill Cosby has four episodes, uh Felicia Rashad has four episodes, and then I think all the kids, all the other kids except for Sandra has like one episode, one or two. It's always something about Sandra. <laughs> I think, I, I honestly think Sandra was like the Becky from Roseanne. <laughs> where it was like, we're not sure if we have a contract with this woman. Her agent hasn't answered a phone call in months. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, this is the first appearance of the Wayne's family joining the cast. Keenan playing the professor, uh, Damon uh, playing the, the shock jock, and Kim, who became a recur- recurring character, 
she makes her first appearance as uh, oh god they don't even name her oh um, is she Whitley's partner uh no uh, Millie who also made her first appearance but um they don't name they don't name her character but she's the one that uh that the professor is like what is all this with the next now okay yeah the one that laughs at Whitley and gets called out yeah, I mean, because and then black women were like, "Oh, we're just gonna have to deal with that particular yeah. thing for the rest of our lives." Yeah. Um, the Whitley brings up in their debate course whether or not men and women should be equal, or can 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 women have careers and still keep their families happy? And it's like, oof, twenty twenty, still having that debate. <laughs> A classic. Uh. I mean, Whitley's Southern, so it's it makes sense that she takes on the, the more antiquated yeah. opinion. And I was like... It, this is an interesting episode for Whitley to me, because you, you, she, they're really, you know, like, they're like digging in deep on her kind of, like, just role as, a, yeah, like you said, antiquated. Um, but she, like, she still claps. Like, Whitley has, no, no matter what they were doing with her character, like, uh, she wasn't taking shit. Uh, I think when they're when she proposes the idea, uh, this is when, um, sorry, it's a little blank, uh, but Maggie uh, is like, this is, that can absolutely happen. You know, women can have that maybe in your family. Yeah, she, that clapback was just like, yo. And they, like, they didn't go any, I was, I was really expecting them, especially on this rewatch. I was like, oh, they're for sure gonna like, you know, dig deep into this. Uh, but they kind of just let that one sit and burn for a while. I mean, I, well, honestly, some of the ways, some of the lines that they gave Whitley, it only made sense that Diana Carroll played her mother. Because <laughs> it was like, you, you need someone who has that same rage. Sidebar, uh, speaking of Black series that have come to Netflix, have you been watching Half and Half? No, I haven't gotten into Half and Half yet. We've been on a bit of a sister-sister uh, ride right now. Half and half. Um, I forgot how good the show was. Oh man, uh, it did not get enough love for Rachel Drew and Tessence Watkins. Um, but Diana Carroll plays the grandmother on an episode, and, and she just comes in and she's like delightful, but a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I want to get into half and half and uh, girlfriends at some point. Girlfriends, Ooh, okay. So Girlfriends season one, and I know this is completely off topic, but if you're listening to a podcast about a different world, I'm sure you, you want to hear a little bit about Girlfriends. On Girlfriends. I'm sure when I'm, when I'm done with 144 episodes of this show, I'll be like, oh, what do I do next? Girlfriends it is. Uh, the first season, the Halloween episode, as a joke, Joan and the girls set up William to be arrested by the cops. And I was like, oh. I was like, Kelsey Grammer production, 2000. Are we doing this? (laughs) Kelsey Grammer is a wild production of a human being. The shit that happens on Girlfriends and the shit that happens on The Game, uh, which I've been going through, like, Kelsey Grammer has just been a lifetime of not giving a fuck. And it's like, it's like, you know everyone on the cast is just like, we doing this? (laughs) Guess I'm working. It'll be fun. We're gonna get into it. Yeah. Uh where were we? Okay, so um Dwayne is trying to trying to become a radio star. 
And there's a really uncomfortable scene thinking back to it where Dwayne Wayne comes in and he talks to Tim Waynes and another girl. And they're both talking about how hot the DJ is. The DJ walks in. That is Damon Waynes. It's Damon Waynes. <laughs> they made Kim Waynes talk about how hot her brother is. And this is this is what two years, three years before we were blessed with in living color. Yeah. Uh that was something eighties sitcoms just vibed off of. It's like it's like having siblings like play characters that at some point like show that they're kind of hard for each other. Uh it happens here. It also happens at Full House. Who who are siblings on Full House? Uh so Kirk Cameron uh, comes on in an early season as um, Danny's nephew, who's like coming to like uh, tour colleges, and he and DJ, who's played by Candace Cameron, his sister, like they're you know they're supposed to have been really close when they were like real little, but now they're at the, like their age difference is notable, and you know it, the whole it's definitely like DJ's supposed to have a crush on her cousin, first of all, who in real life is her brother. Oh man, San Francisco yeah. gets real Alabama. I'm pretty sure it ends with him agreeing to like go with her to this boy girl like skate party she's going to before he leaves town. It's like, well, we'll hang out the, at your party. I'll be your I'll be your date or whatever. It's it's very it's very weird, very 80s, very Cameron family. Okay, that explains why she does uh, Christmas films and he does nothing. Um, <laughs> so Maggie is freaking out throughout the episode because her boyfriend Mike hasn't appeared yet. And then all of a sudden, Mike appears. And I looked at the, the actor who played Mike, and he did nothing. He has like 13 roles between 1987 when this taped and 2006. So I'm Oof. pretty sure he's dead. Uh, but his birthday's on Christmas. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's on just this one episode. He does not reappear. I think she might mention him. Uh, he comes in, and he's just like, oh, you know how you have this whole life about yourself? Fuck that noise. Move to D.C. Let's work in pork. Uh, the pork board yeah but there's a weird point that they keep missing uh maggie's a journalism major and he's like let's move to dc and i was like yeah do it you're a jerk like you might yeah that feels like a pretty solid like obviously like girl do you do what you make the decision you think is best for you but like there's you're telling me there's no good journalism programs in washington dc she does give it a caveat of like, oh, you know, a school this school size. This size. Like, nah, I don't know, black Where I can get a minority scholarship. We got to keep that in mind, too. Yeah. All right. Like, Maggie wasn't made for Howard. She. Yeah. I mean, go to her for picking an HBCU. And also, Virginia is not that big. You, Your boyfriend moved across the country. You can handle being four hours apart. Right. That is such a non problem. I think this is one of those things where people writing the show, keep thinking that the state is as large as California instead of as small as Virginia. I forget that Hillman is supposed to be in Virginia. Yeah. Um, they never really give you a good clue as to where it is because it's like this weird amalgamation of different of different colleges in Virginia. But, you know, it, I think Richmond, Roanoke, and D.C., like the center of that is at most like three hours apart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Virginia is not that hard of a state to, to travel across. It's not like goddamn Kansas. <laughs> Flashbacks. 
so the episode- uh, can we, so while we're talking about Mike. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you have like I don't know how this show works. There's like uh, what what moments stood out to you or something. But uh, I, I caught a very funny moment uh, when Mike first appears in the pit. Uh, he and Maggie are talking to each other and they're gushing. And you've got Marvin, Damon Wayne, sitting right there at the table with like Mike's elbow at his face. And he really looks like he's going to spaz at any moment if this white boy doesn't get his arm out of his face. And I just, I'm just staring at the episode trying to figure out if that's like a character choice that they have this DJ doing or if that's like Damon Wayans like needing the Christmas baby to work on his blocking. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I scene. They're having this it. conversation. <laughs> I just can't stop looking at Damon Wayne's face. Now. Yeah. Um, no, okay. I'm, I'm not, I, I was like, oh, I can just pull it up on my second screen because it's 2020 and I have 18 screens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to pull it up in the background while we keep talking about this. Um, so the episode goes on. They prepare for the debate. All the women... <laughs> Uh, I love that Jaleesa is not on the debate team, but she's clearly got an opinion and she's writing the debate. She's got the opinion, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jaleesa, not gonna lie, season one, she's my MVP. She she did some real quiet caring of the series. Uh, This episode only had one appearance of um, of my dear love, Stevie. Or no, two. But she only has like lines in one scene. And you're like, can we get some more Loretta Divine? I tripped out when I realized uh, that was her. Uh, I, I, I see her come out the mailbox. And I was like, Adele, Adele. <laughs> yeah, I went straight to Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> she, oh, I never, I never got into Grey's Anatomy because uh, while I appreciate Shonda Rhimes for all she does, uh, I just can't. It's, if I could go back in time, I don't know that I would have because it has been like a, a, an emotional wreck on me this show but yeah Laura Devine goes hard and everything okay I I'm just watching hold on I'm looking at the scene now where Maggie and and Mike are talking and let's look at the blocking one two hold on. oh you can see it you you can you can see either either Damon Wayans or hopefully his stand-in. He was he was a larger personality than that. No, that is Damon Wayans who is who is looking back at this man's jacket and whole personality and going, you need to move. That is not your mark. Who doesn't take another take? <laughs> Post-living color, this definitely would not have stood. Damon <laughs> Cut. <laughs> like I love, I love the world bidding of this, but like um, Kim and Damon Wayans are sitting and they are not speaking. They are clearly just extras in this scene. Um, they, <laughs> he is full ass in their spot. Like I love, I love that they were like, okay, they clearly would still be there because this conversation happened next. But, uh, <laughs> but do they gotta be right there? Maybe the light hit. I mean, good. This show does good lighting, which I I will say not every show does with a black character, where you can see facial features, mm-hmm. no matter the the shade of the character uh, or the the actor. Uh, so maybe they're like, hey, we can either change the lighting for all of these fifty black people, or you two white folk can just hit these marks right here. 
And then Mike was like, nah, uh, how about neither? And Damon was like, can you get your ass away from my face? He probably farted. <laughs> that is crazy. I never, like, I, I was watching it, but I don't think I was watching it that intently that I even, yeah. that went straight by. Um, so Mike proposes, um, Maggie's flustered. She goes running. She tells the girls and uh, Jalisa and Denise are, are doing evil, like the, the two the two voices on her shoulder. They're her conscious mm-hmm. now. They're her Jimmy Cricket. Um, and Denise is like so head in the clouds. Honestly, and this is, the, this is the thought that I've had more than once. I was like, if they wrote Denise as the white character on the show, like just brought in a new white woman, kept writing Denise the same way, and just gave that character to her as someone who was part of HBCU, it would work. So so we're saying, all right, just make sure I understand, because I'm intrigued. Denise is still, Denise Huxable is still a character on the show. No, like, Denise Huxable is gone. Um, okay. But they keep writing the same way they were writing for Denise. For a white character. Yeah, because Maggie leaves at, at the end of the season as well. Sure. Because, <clears throat> I mean, I get it. We're pretending Denise was the lead on the show. She was probably number one on the call sheet, but she was not number one in the series. She was the bridge. She was always supposed to be the device that got people who watched the Cosby show to now watch a different world. I mean, she makes sense. Uh, her, her existence allows Claire and Heathcliff to come back to their, their alma mater to do things. Even though in 1987, getting from New York City to rural Virginia had to be a bitch and a half like from today it's not great right (laughs) uh so Dwayne is now going to host the debate there's this scene where um jasmine guy is in aerobics gear alone in her bedroom and she's working out and i was like jasmine guy was fucking jacked like jasmine guy could have fucked anybody on that set up like, they played her real dainty, but she was fucking jacked. Like, she was pre-Michelle Obama with them arms. The OG. Wasn't she uh, also, like, a professional dancer, Jasmine yeah, Guy? I mean, her, all of her career, it, it looks like it's, like, dancing, singing. Uh, she wrote a few episodes of A Different World, which was very incredible because it's the 80s and mm. just whatever. Uh, yeah, she's she's like she's like an actual singer and dancer. But the series keeps switching back and forth between like her having talent and her not having any talent, right? Depending on who was the head writer that week. Uh, episode keeps going. They do the debate. Maggie runs out because she's overwhelmed by the prospect of love and a man. And so Denise gets up and she gives this half-assed debate thing. And everyone's like, "Yeah, your parents are good." Your your doctor and lawyer parents figured it out, and I was like, clearly had a nanny. Clearly what? They they clearly had a nanny, like. Right. Claire was a lawyer. Heathcliff was a doctor. That is the kind of situation. It's like, for a while, there had to be a nanny involved, and you just never saw it. There was a dementia. Sure. Well, they've got the, not necessarily a nanny, but don't all the grandparents live, like, right fucking there and have no life of their own? Yeah, I mean, they're, like, 
uh, before Rudy could walk and talk, like up until I think Rudy could walk and talk and, and could deliver lines and hit her mark, I'm sure there was someone who was helping out Claire, uh, Claire and Heathcliff. Like, for sure. I mean, if it was the older girls, you know, since Sandra and Denise are almost 20 years older than Rudy, which no one ever brings up. How, <laughs> I mean, I think the kids' ages, I think there's like a 20 year age difference between, or, or like 15 year age difference between the oldest and the youngest. Yeah. Rudy definitely wasn't uh, supposed to happen. <laughs> she might have been the only one planned. She might have been the only one that were like, well, you know, we've got, we've got four. <laughs> Let's get a full house. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the episode goes on. Uh, Maggie runs. Her and Mike talk off screen. Because why should we have this very interesting scene where they come to a compromise on camera? Yeah, why can't we see white love work out? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think someone in the writer's room was like, if you want to watch white people work it out, just watch another show. Yeah, look, and also like, talk going back to like the trivia, the, the general triviality of their problem. You know, like one, like you said, Virginia ain't that big. Uh, also, she gets all freaked out when he puts down a deposit on that house. Never at any point in the episode is it suggested that Mike is going to turn down the poor job and go to law school. Like we, Mike's going to DC regardless, and Mike's gonna need an apartment and I don't know she's just like living with him for picking one on the Potomac River like I mean looking at options gonna be girl a full 32 years after this episode aired um he probably paid like two hundred dollars a month for this apartment and that same space is around twelve hundred to two thousand dollars for like a studio yeah and also probably the pork board is picking up the rent yeah. Walking distance to the pork board, if you're a lobbyist, you need to be real close to everything. Yeah. He's got no choice. That's where he's going to have to live. And so you, we're talking about compromise and sacrifice. If you do and agree to move to D.C., like, you, you got to be right there. Yeah. And also, I mean, the Potomac, it's the river. It's the middle of everything. You're not far from things. You're right. good. Oh, no. You picked an apartment without me. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to live there for four months while you finish your while you finish school. <laughs> what you thought was gonna happen? Um, the final joke. You're like, oh, if we ever uh, you did so good in the debate. Uh, we decide we're gonna name our first kid. Um, our, fir- our firstborn daughter. Yeah, our firstborn child is gonna be named Denise. And what if it's a boy? What name is Jalisa? End of scene. Executive producer Dick Wolf. No. What? What just happened? What actually happened in this episode? Uh, but that's episode five. Episode six, uh, Rudy and the Snow Queen begins with with uh, Rudy coming to visit. It's a big, it's a big, we've got a guest star. Um, I'll say this, Keisha Knight-Pulliam outacted almost everyone on the show. She outacted Lisa Bonet all up and down the scene because it was like yeah she's a child but she she one created a new accent she like she she acted like her character was acting like someone else like she created a whole like she was believable and Lisa Bonet was just like oh I'm sad and kind of pregnant with Zoe <laughs> it's, 
Uh, Keisha's always gone hard. Like, it makes me sad that the last thing I saw her in was a Christmas film. Before that, a Tyler Perry film. What about the Chingy video before that? Oh, we don't talk about the Chingy years. We don't talk about the Chingy years? Damn. I'm wait, wait, one thing. My Chingy. mom was obsessed with right there. And I was like, what is even happening? This, the, that song is like, I don't know. I was listening to it the other day. It just showed up on a Spotify playlist. I was like, like I, I remember like how I felt about the song growing up. And I was like, this shit still goes hard. Speaking of going hard, hop on Twitter and go to Dion Warwick's Twitter. Uh, we're recording this on December 6th. But over the weekend, Dion Warwick uh, went off on, like, she, she was probably wine drunk or really high. But she, she just starts tweeting random celebrities her thoughts and opinions because she's over 80 and no longer has any fucks to give. But she tweeted Chance the Rapper. And she was like, Chance the Rapper, why have the rapper in your name? We know you're a rapper. And then she like was like, yeah, we're going to do a duet. DM me. <laughs> and, now I want to, and now I want Chance the Rapper to, to like cover That's What Friends Are For. Oh, man. I'm trying to, I need to see this. It might be, oh, she went for the weekend too. <laughs> It, why, it's not even spelled correctly. Yeah. Uh, Warwick was born on a Saturday. She had time, and people remembered she was still alive after that versus. You know, I, I, I yeah, Dion on Dion. What can you do? Yeah, and, and Twitter just ate that shit up. <laughs> someone, someone hopped in on, in the comment section and like responded was like. You can just Google it. And I was like, Dion Warwick doesn't Google. Also, do not tell Dion Warwick what to do, ever. First of all, are you out of your goddamn mind? Dion Warwick just found out about Twitter. She's on it. She doesn't want to be here. She said some nonsense about how Justin Bieber, how Justin Bieber's song is one of her favorites right you don't now. Fuck, you don't fuck with Holy? No, I don't. Um, all right. But I do remember seeing his tweet bitching about not being nominated as an R&B artist for the Grammys. And everybody was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's such a weirdo. Well, because he was like, this new album is R&B. And we were like, you're Justin Bieber. (laughs) Listen, calm down, Jesse Metcalf. (laughs) Listen. Successful Aaron Carter needs to sit the fuck down. That's success. God, uh, are you familiar with the history of Aaron Carter's uh, periodic Twitter outbursts? Um, do you mean Twitter? am I following Aaron Carter to the ends of the world? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every five to seven years, he just loses it for an evening. Oh, he loses this shit all the time on Instagram, and it is glorious. <laughs> he goes live six times a day. Jesus Christ. I get so many updates. I'm like, Aaron Carter is live. And I was like, I don't care. And I was like, but that's a good thing. It's like, it proves me that Aaron Carter is still alive. <laughs> Otherwise, I would not know. Yeah. Well, no, I follow him because I've got problems and that's my type. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I know. I've been to bars with you. I know your type. <laughs> I am a mess. Ugh, it is not going great. It is fucked up over here. <laughs> Man. Uh, so Denise's little sister Rudy comes to town and we get 
half a second with uh, Stevie. Mm. Loretta Devine must like I don't I she must not she wasn't that big of a star yet like on television she was a star on screen and stage but like television hadn't quite hit yet and, and still like until she was on Boston Public she wasn't really a lead on a TV show because um, she hadn't aged into her into her eventual character yet uh, Loretta Devine uh, crawled through glass so that CCH Pounder could walk slowly. Oof. I need that cross stitch for Christmas. <laughs> uh, but she introduces um, Rudy to her son so that the scene can evolve and we get this fun joke with uh, Denise and Bill Cosby on the phone and then there's a joke with, with do not remove this from child on, the, on her jacket and I was like, you know what? You know, we're joking, but it was 1987. Kids get abducted in 2020. You yeah, she's one. supposed to have... She traveled alone, right? Like, on yeah. by, by train or something? She flew from New York to uh, to Virginia, and then Denise picked her up somehow. She got out of the car. Uh, we, uh, in an earlier episode, we talked about Denise's financials uh, and just the random things they do, but, like, thinking about it, they flew Rudy to the ass in Virginia. Now, it might not have been a super expensive flight, but that means they also paid for the cab for Rudy to get to the college, because mm-hmm. uh, Denise didn't have a car, or Denise found someone's car and was just like, I'm gonna borrow it. I'm Denise. I'm telling you, she could be rebooted as a white woman. <laughs> just I don't think even what show could you could just grab a character and drag um hannah montana could be denise <laughs> okay 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 uh melissa john hart as denise Ooh, sabrina the teenage witch or, Clar- or clarissa oh clarissa for sure clarissa could have been denise um sorry a bunch of people are fucking hopping on my twitter i must have tweeted something good <laughs> <laughs> which almost never happens follow my twitter uh, the episode goes on we um we're introduced to the real a story jaleesa has a problem where it's like jaleesa's ex-husband might be boning her little sister which is wild uh i think for like two or three episodes from no we're like almost a season from uh jaleesa's ex-husband making an appearance and you know who oh, man. Not? I can't remember. It was fucking Tommy from Martin. <laughs> no job, Tommy. Tommy, you ain't got no job from Martin. And when he oh, rest in peace. Martin, Fuck. Tommy's, Tommy ain't never had a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love that. And it, it seemed almost very realistic that Jaleesa comes in and she's, she's what, 26? Yeah. This part of the series. Um, and Rudy is like six and she walks in two decades older than this child and she is just going off about her ex-husband and she looks down and she has to clean up her language. They're down in the pit and she's spelling and the joke is that Maggie doesn't get it but then Rudy goes, what's a playboy? And I was like, oh. 
Oh, sweet Maggie. <laughs> what what are we doing? Uh, they, uh, for whatever reason, Jalisa or uh, Denise didn't think about having to sleep in a bed with her little sister before she got there. And this is what she was going to put her in the closet. Yeah, like, where were you going to put this girl? She needed a place to sleep. What were you going to do? Oh, and also, there's a person in the room who has a queen-size bed. Why wouldn't you switch just for a couple of days? Don't be worried about it. Just change your sheets. Facts. Do a little extra laundry. It's 1987. It costs 15 cents. But we don't think about it. Um, the show is the show's going on, going on, going on. It's really fun. We end up in, uh, in Whitley's room, and dear God, Whitley as a character is so nuanced, but you just want to hit her. Like with a car. Like no domestic violence, but a little bit. A little, little bit of a reckless driving. Yeah, just like hit her with a car. It's fine. Um, it's just, she's, she's good, but you hate her. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's really like they wanted to find a way to put the embodiment of like, honestly, Southern white culture into the show, but they didn't want to give that screen time to like a white character. Yeah. So I think is why Maggie comes from what, Oregon or wherever. Yeah. Uh, We get through there. There's uh, Dwayne Wayne trying to get laid at a, at a women's, at a women's studies seminar, which Just was a, a gym, a tea, which was like yikes, hard yikes, y'all. But again, it's the eighties. Um, there, there's so much hard yikes in this show, which can only be explained by it being the eighties. Yeah, I don't know if this is a hard yikes, but kind of just in the, in the same line, jump back to the last episode. We've got what's presumed to be an all women's debate society that's just coached by Keaton Wayans. Like there's no there's no women faculty that can debate at Hillman. Yeah, but in a couple episodes, um their dean is gonna be a woman. You're right. It's like depending on who who is at the helm of the episode is how progressive it's gonna be this week. Uh, for nineteen eighty seven. Just NBC being NBC. Yeah. Um this this episode goes almost nowhere. It's so Denise heavy that it's like there's nothing happening. Like like Jalisa gets a letter, Jalisa makes a phone call, Jalisa makes a phone call, Jalisa solves a problem, but Denise has an emotion. That's stupid. Oh, my little sister who I'm related to wants to hang out with someone other than me. And also, did Denise ever really go and fuck about Rudy? I'm how many how many heartwarming storylines did they have on the Cosby show? I mean, they're they're almost twenty years apart. Yeah, like right. So they don't have overlapping interests. Honestly, they had so many so few overlapping interests. Uh, Rudy may have just thought Whitley was Denise, and that could be why she couldn't sleep. She she you know why her sister. She didn't know why her sister had this weird southern accent now, but didn't know why she had to sleep in a different room either. She's she, going to the first light-skinned girl on this campus she sees and assume it's her sister. Like, Rudy created a brand new character. Like, she developed a new character. The wildest shit in this scene, in this whole episode is where Whitley goes, 
oh, what's your middle name? I'm going to call you that. And Rudy goes, yeah, I'm Lillian. It's like, what? <laughs> that, was, that was some real manly shit where it was like, I mean, I know you have a name that your people call you, but what can I call you? You'll answer to this. When you hear this, you know it's me summoning. Yeah, it's, it was, ugh. Episodes, these two aren't, I mean, season one is not my favorite season, I gotta tell you. Uh, it's, a, it's a foundation season, you know? <laughs> Uh, I think I think we can we can get out of talking about these two episodes specifically and speak about this season as a whole. Season one it introduced us to a lot of characters, but um, we don't keep all these characters. I would have gladly loved to bring Stevie past this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Stevie worked, but and I, I talked about this on an earlier episode how it seemed like the writers sat down when they're like hey we're writing stevie and jalisa and they're the same character uh and they're like we're keeping don lewis because she helped produce the the theme song bye loretta Devi. oh yeah yeah they can't we can't stand to have just two you know strong black female leads like this on there they're, if they're both gonna have similar values we gotta just give them all to one and dump the other I mean, we could have gotten rid of Ron and kept Stevie. No love for Ron on your end? No love. Like, he's a character. <laughs> like, if you're going to draw the storyline forward, I guess. Eventually. Dwayne's got to have a, a partner in crime, sure. Dwayne, when, when the series finally gets to Dwayne and Ron, Dwayne shits on Ron so hard. And I like as a child, I was like, "Oh, they're friends." And as a dog, I was like, "Oh no, he hates him." That's his whipping boy for sure. And that's his roommate that he hates. If I gotta, if I gotta live with this guy, I'm gonna make it work for me, and I'm gonna put him through hell. Yikes! Uh, is there a character throughout the series that you were like, "I"? It could be any season that you were like, "Yo, know, this is who I want to grow up to be." Or like, this is a character I fucking love. I had like, I never could have like admitted it growing up like I, I i wanted Dwayne Wade vibes just so Dwayne Wade vibes just so hard like i he but he but i don't know he like he was presented as just like this like kind of wacky dumb character and was, he, he didn't really have like decorum about him and uh so he was like funny as a child but growing up i was like he that's a guy that is he does he does a lot of scheming, he's a lot of wild shit, but at the end of the day, Dwayne is is pretty damn comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, he is. I like that. Uh tell me, so you came to the series later in life, like what episodes really stick out to you? Like what are your like favorite episodes? Oh god. Um the, I think this episode is from the second season. There's the I can't remember who it is. I think uh, Freddie is going on the date with the, the football player. Football player, yeah. That's <laughs> a sexual assault episode. That's no okay, okay, okay. All right, but uh, it's it's I don't know. It was a very like I I, I remember the scene where like uh, Sinbad's character is like laying down the law for Dwayne, like like kind of just like waking his dumb ass up and. It was just a, it was, I don't know, it's, it's a very, looking back, it's a cool moment of, like, honestly, like, men holding men accountable. 
Yeah. Sure, I can get my cloud up after this episode drops. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's it's an episode that I that I remember watching recently and going, wow, that, that like they fucking they went for it. Like, it's a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of a lot of shows from that time when you go back and look at them, like yeah, Different World had a lot of raw episodes like that. Fresh Prince had them. Uh, Family Matters has the one where Laura and oh. Quick, yeah, quick sidebar to this. Like, there's an episode where Laura and Steve are going on double dates at the drive-in, and both Laura's boyfriend and Myra are like just really coming on stronger than Laura or Steve want them to. And so you have these very, there's this like back and forth in the scene. And my dad was a criminal justice professor. He used to play this in his classes. And it's like the scene where the guy is pushing on Laura, it's all very serious and oohs and ohs from the audience. And then when Myra is trying to force Steve, it's just laugh track the entire way, uh, which is just a really, I don't know, just, just the way they handle that. And, and, and then the way this episode, Different World goes, uh, just always kind of stuck out to me. But there's that, there's also this, this sit-in episode when uh, I think it's, it's, doesn't Dwayne hold a, a sit-in in the dean's office? Oh, the the censorship episode where he played, where he played uh, a song without listening to it first. Yeah, yanked off the air. Yeah, that's that's coming up. I think we're we're very soon to that. Hmm. Uh, uh, I talk about, or I can't wait to talk about it. But like, there is a character who is like who like sort of lives with Dwayne, um, or lives in his dorm, and he. He like dances with Whitley once, uh, but he was coded as very gay. He like he works in the dean's office in that episode. I okay, I recall. And like as an adult, I was like, oh, I mean, they didn't say it, but that's what he was. Yeah. Like he has he has a very successful whatever he does in his heart in his field now, and he has a pool boy. <laughs> that's what's happening. Um. Yeah, no, there's the series, the series goes places. Um, I feel like I, this, I can't remember if this is an actual episode or if I'm just convoluting, but like, I think back to like the, um, the, uh, the Cosby Show episode where Vanessa, they sneak in her friends, go off to that concert and get the car stolen. Uh, and Claire hits her. I feel like there's a different world episode where like the same thing happens. They're there's to- an episode of a different world where Vanessa and her friend come to Hillman and they're like, they're supposed to be like following around and shadowing, but then they sneak off to go to some party. It's homecoming weekend, I think. I think so. Yeah, it's coming up. I mean, they're all yeah. coming up. Right. Does something. And um, I don't know. I don't know how common it was back then, but it like given us how rare it is now, this show had a lot of women writers and a lot of women directors. Um, Ellen Falcon directed this episode, directed both episodes we talked about this week, and the episode six, the head writer was Cheryl Gard. Uh, most of the cast got a writing credit at some point for having written an episode. Like, I think Jasmine Guy has, like, two. Kadeem Hardison. Yeah. Jasmine Guy got one in, like, season one. Kadeem Hardison got his in, like, season six. So Damn. it was like, hey, Black women are doing shit. Especially after Jenny Gibson comes and takes charge of this series. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the funniest thing. The funniest thing about booking the series is, like, people like, yeah, I want to talk about after season two. And I'm like, uh, but I gotta get through season one. I know, I know. <laughs> 
Uh, here's a question I ask everybody. Which is your favorite theme song? Oh, God. Original theme song uh, for the music. Um, but definitely like the, I guess the, the later theme song for just the title sequence, you know, all the, all the characters in their different rooms and classrooms and interacting with each other. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what season they came into that one. Uh, so, it, so there's three, uh, there's season one, which is, which is done by Phoebe Snow and I know my parents. Right. Love me. Oh God, I can't sing it and do it justice. But like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's a grandmother's hug right there. Mm-hmm. That's a grandmother that just called you in because she wanted to say hi to your face. It's very, it's, 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 it lets you know the show's about family in its own way. Uh, season two through five, it was Aretha Franklin. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Aretha. And you, you heard every moment of Aretha through it. Uh, and then season six, I don't know why for the final season, they, they were like, hey, we're going to change it up. But season six was Boys to Men. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So definitely it's, uh, it's, uh, for original theme song, just for the tunes and the music, but Aretha is for just like the, the vibe of it, I guess that it put, it, it made it more like it, it was, it felt more like a college show. Yeah. Aretha's theme song. Yeah. Like uh, Aretha's theme song sort of, it fits better. And I, I think that's mostly because when I was a kid, um, they reran seasons two through five way more than season one and season six. Yeah. So like season, if I was going to see an episode, it was seasons two through five, and it was like, oh yeah. I, I don't even know how old I was when I first discovered that it was Aretha singing it, but she put her foot in it. Both of them. Yeah. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite like guest star from the series? Like coming up. God, honestly, this is a tough one, and I can't even. I could, I mean, I could pull something out of my ass, but like, think just as I as I remember the show now, it. I don't know. Uh, probably, I mean, I, I vibe with the Claire episodes hard. Uh, so Felicia Rashad, I guess you could say, it's not necessarily the same as like a guest. Might be more recurring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, might have to, I might have to dive back into it and then maybe sneak on for another episode and yeah I'll get you back once, once we get into the fun episodes of season 2 I have <laughs> I only have 22 or I only have uh, 18 more episodes of season 1 to get through I love this no, this no it's so important and I think when all is said and done these are going to be some of the pivotal episodes of this podcast because much like season one of a different world, you have to set the foundation of a different podcast, you know? <laughs> Nobody's done this before, Dwayne. <laughs> Which is sad. Like I, I, I honestly, I hopped on, on my podcast, like catcher and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to watch it. I want to listen to someone talk about a different world. Like I, I want to hear some opinions. I, you know, I just want to hear some black voices doing some black shit. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I'm not sure. If you're one of those and that's your typical black voice, but fuck you. <laughs> I know. So you're 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 my black voice, Twin. I should be. I am America's black voice. Until until our passports work again, and then I'm 
then I'm either Canada or Australia's problem. <laughs> there we go. All right, Sam, tell everybody where they can catch you, where they can find you online and everything. Uh, you can find me online, Twitter and Instagram at Wu-Tang Sammy. Uh, also on Cash App, if you want to pay for my Prime membership so I can keep watching the show. Uh, I don't know, I'm not doing too much of anything, but uh, check out Story Collider. Uh, it's a storytelling uh, show and podcast I, do, I produce for. Uh, they do periodic storytelling shows about science, so that's what I'm. That, that's what I'm actively contributing to right now. Very and, nice. And if you're in St. Louis, uh, I mean, don't come visit me because it's a fucking pandemic. But send me a picture from the arch. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Dwayne. hey, um, this never happens. Uh, I hope this is like the fourth episode I'm doing. Um, in this episode, I may have referred to Miss Debbie Allen as Miss Debbie Gibson, and that's on me. I don't need the letters, the hate. Um, I know. I know who she is. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> Be cool. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Please review, subscribe, and share this podcast with all of your friends. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Life's a Party and on Instagram at FunnyDwayne. Drop me a line with your thoughts, questions, and concerns. The email is producer.dwayne at gmail.com.